Hello, welcome to the Coaching Manual Podcast Series 2. First and foremost, thanks for all the feedback and the positive responses on Series 1. Really, really appreciated and some really helpful comments from you all as well. If you do want to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at Coaching Manual or get in touch with us through the website at coachingmanual.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, do subscribe. The iTunes links, uh, the SoundCloud links and the Stitcher links can all be found on the coachingmanual.com forward slash podcasts. To kick off Series 2, we've got a great podcast. We went down to Southampton's Academy. We spent the day there and we corralled a few coaches into the room just to have a little bit of a chat about what goes on at their academy. Why is it so productive? So we're going to listen to three of the academy coaches. Andy Marks, who works with the younger age groups at the foundation phase and also in the academy with the under 8s, 9s and 10s. Terry Moore, who's the assistant academy manager, who works with ages right across the spectrum, but he's a really specialist coach when it comes to age-appropriate coaching. Then Jason Dodds, who's the under-18 manager and also former player for Southampton. Many of you will recognise the coaches from the videos on the site, thecoachingmanual.com. This is a little bit more in-depth as to what's their coaching philosophy, what's their beliefs, and ultimately how do they get their role in the academy, how do they continue to develop. So I hope you enjoy. Once again, if you have any feedback, don't hesitate to get in touch. Uh, Andy Marks and uh, assistant foundation coach. I work with uh, boys from under 12s up through to our pre academy phase, so that's uh, under fives. Cool. Uh, Terry Moore, lead foundation phase coach, uh, the same, working from fives to 12s. Perfect. And uh, Jason Dodd, the 18s coach. I work with the 16s when they come in on day release as well, and then the odd times when we get some of the dead players come back to train with us. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, Feel free to jump in whoever's the quickest. Just talk about what the sort of philosophy of the Southampton Academy is. I mean, what's what's the purpose of it really? What are you trying to achieve right the way through? Well, we're trying to achieve players that are going to someday uh, understand, uh, obviously, how to, to, to play with the ball, how to play without the ball, and going to get in our first team. Mm-hmm. So from the pre-academy phase, uh, we tend to work around the small-sided games programme because that's, we feel that's a good introduction um, coming through from 1v1s, 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s mm-hmm. maximum. Then it leads into what we play in the foundation phase. Then from nines upwards, uh, we play six aside, seven aside at nines and tens, which then progresses into eight aside, nine aside at elevens. Should be at twelves, but at the moment twelves play eleven aside. And then obviously thirteens upwards is, uh, is eleven aside football all the way up into the youth team with, uh, with Jason um, and then into the 21s with Martin Hunter mm-hmm. and hopefully into the first team. So Jason, the playing style of the first team is reflected sort of at the professional phase and it's, is it fairly cut one-to-one match? So the players um, that you're working with at full-back position would be expected to have the same roles, responsibilities as the, the first team. Is that like almost a straight translation from your team in? Well, what we tend to do is we tend to watch, me and Willow tend to watch the first team, see what work they do, mm-hmm. um, and obviously try and replicate some of the sessions that they do so that our players are used to it. When um, our scholars go to the first team game, we're asking them questions. There's no point in the fullback looking at the centre forward during the game so as to focus on areas that they either got to improve or get better at or, or just improve on the, their strongest areas of their game so we tend to do that and then we try and implement it into our sessions now the standard is going to be a lot lot higher in the first team in the intensity but we try and slowly drip feed it into them so that when they get the opportunity which they do here 
along with the dead players to go and train with the first team it's not like the rabbit in the headlights that oh my god what's going on here they are used to the way that they play and maybe the style that they play so that's what we try and do mm -hmm. um yeah i mean who's to say it works that's how we work yeah like we get the the the, the high end all the work that these boys get in we tend to just polish them up um most of the work has been put in from these lot it's obviously more the understanding of this is how a first team works and how, like intense work because yeah, that's yeah. how our first team work as simple as that it's intense training so we try and replicate it as yeah. much as we can some are ahead some need catching up i just think that's normal in all the age yeah. groups some yeah. are further ahead but that those will be the ones that step step up into the dev group the um playing style does it then translate down to the lower age groups are you influenced by looking at say a 4-3-3 when you're designing formations for, for lower down or is it a little bit more complicated than that? If you if the, the players have diaries, mm -hmm. what we do the, in those diaries there's, there's, there's a formation, there's a square and there's a 4-3-3 system but in the smaller square there would be 5v5, 6v6 so they see the transition how it leads into 4-3-3 mm -hmm. and, and all the small sided games are in there so it's 5v5, <coughs> 6v6, there's a 7v7, there's a 9v9, I think there's an 8v8 as well mm -hmm. so the kids can see in their diaries when they're playing in positions specific and we like rotation with the younger ages obviously we're not looking for positional players at the younger age we're just giving them a feeler of the game, a taster of the game, so they get that game understanding. Now I'm in the defensive third, I know what to do. Now I'm in the midfield third, I know what to do. Now I'm in the, the attacking third, I know what to do. Whatever they find themselves, they have an appreciation of what they need to do with the ball. But it does. Uh, th there is a, um, a segment in their diaries that shows them the formation uh, of the format of the games that lead in all the way up to the 4-3-3 game. And it's flexible. Yeah. It's, it, it is flexible. So when it comes to the foundation phase, obviously we're not quite into a competitive games programme at that early stage, but we, we're trying to lead them into that bit. Just talk about that journey for a player from, I mean, what's the earliest stage that you recruit the academy and then how do you get them through that early phase of development? Yeah, I think we're very reliant on our scouts and our links with our foundation, our community department, and uh, identifying players from, say, five years of age, six, seven, eight. Um, we tend to go up to the age of nine in the development centres and I think it's important that we, we're honest in what we, we do, we're honest with the feedback that we provide with the boys, um, something that we've introduced in the last couple of years is feedback uh, reviews that we hold in the academy, um, so it gives a, a realistic idea of where a boy sits within that age bracket um, and it gives us an opportunity to provide them with areas that they need to improve on and the strengths that they're showing. Um, I think the important thing is that players in that pre-academy phase get the opportunity to showcase what they can do here at Staplewood when we hold annual in-house games. Um, so it's an opportunity for them to show all the staff of, of what they can do within a team, um, but also allowing them to express themselves of what they're actually good at. So, um, if I wandered down to the scouting department just up the corridor and, and asked them, what would they tell me they're looking for in those in those youngest sort of age group players? I mean, is it is it one special item? Is it a whole range of things where you can work on them? I think we sometimes ask that question because I think as coaches we I think we find it very hard to identify sometimes a boy of you know of a mixed ability and grassroots, which you know one boy's obviously or one or two is going to stand out depending on the ability of the team. I think you know if I was to look out on a Sunday or Saturday morning, uh, and I've done it in the past. 
I think you look for that boy that kind of stands out from everyone else who's confident to to beat a player with the ball. Um, sometimes who's got that little bit of class in front of goal, um, who works hard. Uh, sometimes I think you look at that physically bigger lad, but technically may not be the the better one in the team. So I think you know no matter what size they are at that age, I think you've got, just got to look a little bit, a um, little bit more into the you know. What his ability is. I think the I think the key just following on from Andy said there. I think uh, I think what they look at is does he does he know what to do when the ball comes to his feet, mm-hmm. and has he got, can he express himself in the right way? Has he got a smile on his face? Is he does he play with the fear or does he play with the freedom that just expresses himself? And I think the the key is Andy said that the, about the standout player. I think the key, sometimes the key is is that where's that because he'll stand out to everybody. Where's that player that we think we could get a little bit of work into, you know, and, and with a bit of time spent in him because it's about development, as we say. So, you know, everybody can see the standout player as well, you know, but is, is that scout able to see the player who's got good mobility, good movement that we could maybe get, as Andy said, get that technical work into um, to try and, you know, uh, get him into our programme and until we get him into the programme. I think with what the programme is in the development as well, is we, we, we're very fortunate that we still manage to keep our Bath Satellite Centre, which has got five development centres that feed into it. There's five development centres here, and we're looking to branch out uh, into Surrey mm-hmm. and have another five development centres feeding into an area here. So we're really branching out into the south uh, or the southern part of the country, if you know what I mean, yeah. right across. Uh, and obviously goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeping development uh, comes into that as well at the younger ages. So it's a massive, massive turnover of players. And it really is hard trying to, you know, to keep up with Andy said about in-house games, trying to identify, because you, you, we have sometimes 60, 70 kids here on an in-house game and trying to look for that you know, a squad of players there, that yeah. one who stands out and does a little bit more with the ball than one other. It's very, very hard. Yeah, and, that's very, what, very hard. and that's why we have to hold them annually, you know, maybe mm-hmm. five or six, even eight over a course of one season. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going back to your point earlier, the, the transition of the pre-academy into, you know, under nine season, the important thing I think that over the last few years is that we've put together a curriculum for the, the development centres to follow, which they all follow. And I think again with the four v four games that we've introduced here at the academy, that's also taking place in the in those centres as well. That forty five minutes is um, a warm up, a technical based uh, practice, which leads them into the, the forty five minutes um, of the small side of games, so the dribbling, uh, end zone game, the four corner goal game. Um, a goalkeeper game if there's goalkeepers there so you know the, the transition from if they are there under eights and they come into us at under nines is so much easier rather than just what's all this about it you know? yeah. I guess uh, there's so many variables by the time they, they reach you Jason they've gone through a lot of not just technical training but also the physique could have dramatically changed from, from nine years old to 16, 17 um, I mean with in mind the Southampton plan is to build players into the first team are there certain qualities that you almost have to let players, you have to sort of disappoint players because they just haven't got a physique or they haven't got a mentality? Like, how much of these other aspects beyond technique go into the ultimate decision making process? Well, I, I just think it's you're looking for the better players. Mm-hmm. That's that is the bottom line. We don't look, we've not got a profile player that's got to be like when they get to 18, it's got to be six foot. And if you were to look at our teams and as they progress down, I would say we're probably one of the smallest teams. You know I mean, because we go more or less on technical ability and then hopefully 
with the SNC and the gym programs, we can get them bigger and stronger. Um, but that's not our, our aim is to get the best players. So they're technically like one player, for example, for us, we thought he was really going to struggle this year because he's probably got the physique of maybe an under 15. Um, but he's exceeded by having to understand what he's got to do. So teaching him, look, you're not going to fight someone who's six foot and win. So you have to come up with something different. So, I mean, we, we, we tend to, even when we're recruiting now, we're only recruiting players if they're going to be better than what we've got here. Um, and we've had plenty come in and we've had plenty go out. Um, and we've had one or two that have stayed because we, we've liked what we look at. But we tend to, especially the, the, the under 18s and 17, 16, we go off ability and whether they're workable. Like Terry said, they've got a smile on the face, they're not willing to work hard. No matter where you go, you ain't gonna get a career. So these are basic things that you'd be surprised that some people don't have, um, that you think will just be in them. And, and then as a coach, it's really hard to coach that into someone because in theory for us, it's, for us, it's normal. Um, but for some of they've not got that, it's bloody hard work to try and force that into them because it's gotta come from them themselves. And if they're not really to go that extra mile, no matter what coaching and that you do, if they're not willing to push themselves, you're going to be fighting a losing battle. And you look at the signs that are up around the academy, and there's lots of things about this, is the culture of the club. I mean, is that really the same from, from the guys at St Mary's and the first team right the way through to the, you know, the foundation, the development centres? Is, is there a real consistency there? Is that something that you could even work on a little bit harder? Terry. Well, I think uh, I think the, the the beauty of it for us is we we we've now started all the way down to under nines on our day release program. When the little under nines come in here on a Friday, sometimes the while well, the first team are in training, if they if they're going away to play, they they're leaving uh, midday when the kids are coming in. The kids see the first team players here now. They see how they conduct themselves. And I've got to be fair, the first team players put themselves out in coming to introduce themselves to the young players. And that paints so many pictures for us. So the Our Day Release programme now is a really, really uh, vital tool for us in, in developing these players how we want them. And it's not just about kicking the ball around, it's everything. Education, psychology, uh, supporting us here, the uh, the gym work that they do with the SNC, everything here to try and give them the best opportunity to get through into that first team. And when they see first team players, that's where they want to be, that's the direction they want to go in. So it's great that them coming in on day release here. And obviously the signs that we've got on the boards around the place are reminders about what, how they should be well, conducting themselves around the place with respect, you know, and with determination. They want to be the best players. So it is just a, a really a, a support structure for them to, to keep focused and stay focused while they're around the place. I think you know, just going on from that, like Terry very rarely does something right and that, but he did it. <laughs> he did a thing the other day. He asked if, um, he asked if he could borrow the scholars to go was it the under tens oh, yeah, or, yeah. or the under elevens, and got the scholars position related. Um, so you had 16, 17, 18, He even got some some of the first team like young first team players, 18 years, to sit down with a kid that plays in their position and just ask them questions. Things like that, like Terry, thinking out the box, do you know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean, not all, and it wasn't as if Terry had to go and bend their arm to get these players to do, to do it, well he probably did, but I mean, <laughs> Terry would go and ask them and the players would do it because of the rapport that they'd had with Terry all over the years and it becomes easy and it's just a simple exercise like that. Hopefully, Terry said, would benefit these kids because they in theory see what they have to um, 
do to get to this next level to where they get to and I don't know if other clubs do that, but it was just a natural thing to tell you to sort out. It was half an hour, and I'm sure the young boys and that sort of thing would have got a real buzz and um, and picked out some points that they got to work at to, to maybe get to that level before they even get to the dev and the first team. One of the big discussions in, in English football generally is how we produce more talent, for whether it's for the national team or for the Premier League. And, that. and one of the big um, sort of problems I think we deal with is Probably facilities is all that always comes up, but obviously there's a massive redevelopment here at the training mm. ground. I mean, how important do you, I mean, if you were to weight it and put like some sort of pie chart or anything, how important are facilities or is it is it the coaching that is, you know, the reason Southampton's been successful in the past and the, the reason they'll probably be successful in the future? Yeah, I think both play a part. Um, I think the, the support of the coaches, you know, is, is a massive part of a player's um, journey through the through an academy. Um, I think a message that we like to paint in the foundation phase is the interaction that a boy has with with the coach. Um, you know, asking us questions. You know, it's all very well us doing a report on how he's done within twelve weeks, but having a boy come to us and ask questions of us and putting us on the spot is, is I think, going to help them. So obviously, they're all different learners. So they, they learn by, by us showing. Um, video clips or us demonstrating they're all different learners so I think that that's, plays a massive part but I think facilities I think you know as you said that they're, they're growing here at Southampton um, gradually <laughs> um, but I think um, if you look at stats from you know from courses that I've been on when they show you about Barcelona and how many games they play in the course of a season obviously the weather plays a massive part I think um, you know if you've got indoor facilities that you can use with your foot cell um, your, your games program it, it plays a massive part in having more games for players to have a better game understanding um, in and out of possession so I think both play a massive part Let's go to the nitty gritty of the coaching then just to finish off with obviously uh, mo- many of our members readers will be familiar with the training sessions that we've got on video and they've had a look at the coaching practices they were filmed a couple of years ago how have you kind of continued to develop the curriculum and move the coaching styles, coaching philosophy, coaching methods on in the sort of last season or two. Bearing in mind there's been big changes with things like E Triple P and there's been a lot more contact time with players. How have things progressed? Uh, well if if we look at our, our coaches uh, from our development centres, our pre academy upwards, regular C P D for all coaches in the way the Southampton way. Mm-hmm. So the thread is continuous right the way through. CPD then for uh, our what we call our academy phase coaches from nines upwards. We started something this year um, with uh, as a pilot scheme. There's five coaches being filmed, uh, sort of a, a mentoring program, if you like, uh, to to help those these coaches through their uh, through their learning process. That then is producing better coaches for us who understand about the way kids learn. We're then following the curriculum, uh, which is flexible. Uh, depending on the needs of the players and also it's built into the games program so the first session back on a Monday might be something that was that happened on the Sunday and that's down for the coach to be creative so a curriculum is great and it's great for a, a coach to follow and it's got some direction but we want that coach to be creative in that session not robotic mm-hmm. so he knows what the needs of Joe is, Fred is, Johnny is, they're all different and he's getting the best out of these players through what he's creating in his in his sessions uh, to put on and so it's challenging to them it's testing them um, 
based around the four corners, obviously, technically, technically, and it's, you know, socially, psychologically, and also physically, if it's a demanding session as well. And I think that thread goes right the way through, all the way through to, to, to Dodgy up at the 18s, and then on, obviously on to the 21s. So our coaching has progressed in a way now, um, whereas uh, before there was a curriculum in place, but it was very much ad hoc, if you know what I mean. And the coach would be this session for this and this session, and we move. Now it's a, a constant thread, so it could be uh, four sessions based around combination play for or a to certain topic, but it's still flexible to go over that something happened in the game because we're now into our games program as we play, obviously. So it is flexible around the and the coach might want to stay with a a session that um, uh, there's something that's happened in the game around two or three of his sessions and there's not a problem with that. Um, obviously, we have some players who are signed on at Bath and work at the Bath, which is our old satellite centre. But they're doing exactly the same thing. So the, the, the match reports go in, the coaches link uh, with each other, they know what the Bath uh, players need to work on. So they're working exactly the same there as what we're doing here. So there's, there's, there's not a difference in well, this kid's being coached this and this kid's being coached this way. It's the same continuity, but it really is. We are, I've got this, um, uh, this, uh, this coach head in place now that's, that's really helping our coaches and with the CPD. We think it's been invaluable to us now in getting the coaches on board of how we want the, them to conduct their sessions. Yeah, um, been a great tool for us. I mean, having come from a professional career and a lot of grassroots coaches sort of bemoan the fact that oh, you look at academy coaches and oftentimes these people who've played the game seem to have like an almost easy route into the game. And I've seen you know Graham Murray writing his initials on a thousand cones, and you know it really is starting at the bottom, but. When you made the transition into coaching, what were some of the things that have sort of surprised you or maybe you've learned? Well, we've had the hard way as well. I'd love to say it was this. Um, I mean, we, we were speaking, we were speaking, we were speaking about this. When I started my career, we, I was um, not going to name the team, but the, the, the pitch that we tried, I got booted off the council pitches three, four times because the ground's been to come over and what are doing on here? So... Yeah, I mean, this, this is, is why you're live on air, this please, is, Jason. This is, this, this, I mean, this is, yeah. this is. I've, I've had to learn this. Well, I've not suddenly turned up at Samantha's Academy, and I've got um, all the best gear and all the best coaches. And I must say, I think the first two or three years, when you're going through your B license and your A license, you got a lot, a lot of learning out of that. Um, and then as you progress, and in theory, you get better, and you you learn more, and you you learn off other coaches. I mean, we we're always bouncing and abusing each other in the coaches room about about this style of playing, about the game last night, and about the first thing about our game. I mean, the first thing on a Monday morning, it's like, how did you get on? Who did well? Um, Terry, what do you think of our game on Saturday? What are the good things, the bad things? I mean, mostly it's bad that Terry tells us they're not doing it. No, but that's, but that's, that's, we want to learn as well. So at the end of the day, it's getting out there and putting the hours in. It's putting the work in. It's doing your homework. It's trying new ideas. It's, a lot of us have, are on courses and we're all trying to better ourselves. So you come away from there and you think, okay, I'm going to have a little go at this. And okay, I'm going to have a little look at that. So it's about challenging yourself. You can have five sessions and you do them all the time. I'd be bored. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to inspire these players to become better and learn in that, you, I, I need to challenge myself as well because we evaluate our performance of what we've done and what can we do to get better and how can we change it and what was so really it's it's a continual daily a daily learning curve to be perfectly honest yeah. you know, about, about how how to get the best out of the players how to get the best out of yourselves and that's how I gauge my session like Terry said earlier. 
I want to smile if I'm miserable the session's going to be miserable so I want if I'm up for it and I know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm nailing it all out in theory the session could go well it doesn't always go well which is fine but then again I think that's how you become better you having to make changes as it happens like uh, I've got 20 21 20 I ain't got a clue what I've got in the next half an hour so I've got two or three sessions ready just in case we're waiting on some under 16s to come in that are meant to be coming down on the train I've got an email this morning nine o'clock one can't come now I quite like that because yeah. it means that you have to be ready for it rather than I've got my 12 players and I'm going out there I mean they'd be bored yeah. so you have to try and I quite like that and I think that's how you become better because you have to adapt and yeah. you, as Terry said you, you, I, I know what I'm doing today but I might just have to tinker it when I'm out there to get what I want to get out of the session um, numbers will dictate to that but I know-ish what I want out of the session and what the players need we've not been scoring goals we've been creating lots of chances so I really want to I've got keepers today I've not had keepers all week so, so now I need to focus on us putting the ball in the net today this afternoon so we cut the spit groups, we've been working with Graham Murty, two different drills, mix them all up, so that come Saturday, where we've been poor in the final third in our decision making, when I'm having a go at one of the lads for missing four or five chances over the bar, I can look back and go, well, I've gave him that opportunity to work at it during the week. As Terry said, we have to revisit it again if it's not working. If he scores four goals on Saturday, bang, you've ticked a box this week. That's worked, so you'll tinker with it the following week. But all this just because you were an ex-footballer um, like Terry uh, was an ex-footballer um, yeah I mean I d- well that's interesting because I mean like, Andy you worked in the community scheme and, and you've done grassroots coaching and you sort of work your way up like, so I mean not to go through that whole story but it must bring a lot um, you know there's a lot of experience in that coach's room that you must be able to absorb and learn from and, and having played at the higher level does bring something unique that you don't necessarily get at grassroots as well so there's the other side of the coin as well isn't there yeah, I think um, as a coach, you'll have your level of where you see yourself best. And uh, coming from the community, it teaches you a lot of how to adapt yourself with kids that want to be there, yeah. um, that you want to work with. And uh, the experience of that has helped me massively personally um, in terms of organising sessions. Um, but allowing you to you know to express yourself and allowing to give something you know back to the game for boys to, to you know progress on their journey is, is, is enjoyable um, you know I've only been doing it three years um, and you know you, you hope to see those boys that you've worked with eventually in that first team so I think you know as I know Terry's probably from his experiences has, has probably seen that at previous clubs in this club so I think it's uh uh, my journey personally coming in um, was to uh, was to I was given the youth team while I was still playing crikey that was in, into the frying pan you know what especially because I started coaching like a player mm-hmm. I was playing I wasn't a coach I was a player so and I think I learned that very quickly As somebody told me said you know you're talking to him like a player not a coach I had to step back and look at myself on that and I thought oh yeah I've got, I've got my playing shirt on take the playing shirt off put your coaching shirt on but you, you get that experience through getting out there and getting your hands dirty. You know, uh, uh, there's, you can go through the badges uh, and you can go from this badge to this badge. The old system, uh, and I quite liked it, uh, going back a long time obviously, uh, was that uh, before you could go on to your next badge, you had to go and work for a year virtually in, uh, to get your spirit. And you had to log it
I like that old way because I see people jump from one to the other now and it's all about learning and there are fast tracking don't get me wrong some people are, are good and you can you need to identify those and fast track them very quickly but I think we're, we're, we're losing some of the experience that you need to go on and people want to jump straight into that role and they've not done the hours and put the shift in to, to learn and as I said you've got to get your hands dirty you got so Andy's upbringing coming through the community was I, I did similar things I really did and I got my hands to it and I went back when my son was coming through I got asked to take his team as well would I would I do that and you you, oh, you didn't want to and next minute you got the kit you got the nets mm-hmm. you're getting your hands to it again and you're still play, trying to play as well <laughs> and trying to get around that so I think those experiences are valuable did you make mistakes crikey yes you're still making mistakes yes and that's how we learn as coaches what's working for us is not an idea to change it and the the skill of the coach to be able to adapt and change his session on the spot when something's not working or something needs to be changed that's the skill and the danger is with the the new breed of of certain coaches coming in if you like and what we want we certainly doesn't happen here but they go they they're on a uh, uh, they've got a session plan and they're coaching the session plan and they're not coaching the player so they move from A to B and they haven't got A the kids and I think we're back the skills of the coach knows the players know what he needs to do know which route he needs to take them and it's never a straight route we might have to come off here to get back on it we might have to come off here to get back on it we might have to go back here to get back on it and we're back to that skills of the coach where does he get those skills all the, all the hard work all the getting his hands dirty all getting out and making mistakes like players do and learning that side of the game so he becomes a better coach as he works his way through whatever his development is whatever his plan is whatever his his action plan is of where he wants to end up um, whether it's in an older age or some are just I think some just want to stay with the younger ages because they're they're, they're, they're specialist coaches yeah. they're really good at working with that certain age and that's where they stay those coaches are the, the, the ones we need because if we don't get it right we can't Pass it up. No good, Dozzy saying, coming back to us and saying, You've given me a kid, he can't even trap a ball. Mm-hmm. Well, he needs to have these ingredients to work with, but we've, we're trying to pass it up. Oh, a few of them, to be honest with you, mate. This is all I mean. This is. Yeah, but you're putting under 8s in the second under 18s. I told you they're not old enough yet. <laughs> Just going back to what Dodsey said earlier, I think being in a room full of coaches who are always bouncing ideas, and I've watched, you know, I've got a lot of the work that we do in the foundation phases in the evening, so you've got a great chance to either go out and work with the lads that are working with the scholars or have a little watch out from the window and it's great because you know, I actually took a passing that he did with the boys the other day and I did it with the 11s and it worked and it's, it's that kind of work that I think um, you know, as coaches you can just see what, what works and what doesn't and depending on whether he's doing it with under 18s and I'm doing it with under 11s it's down to the role of the coach to maybe change it um, you know, likewise with Terry I've seen a lot of practices that Terry's got on and, you know, I've, I've taken some of the ideas and, and put in, I'm sure he's done the same. You know? yeah. The important is having that, that relation that you can bounce ideas and watch each other and, and use to, to the best. I think the feedback on the coaching manual that we've had has been overwhelmingly positive and mm. I think that is the message that we try and portray is that it's not really about the session layout per se, it's about how you actually interact and that's why the video is so mm. useful because and the mics as well. Like, we hear how you guys communicate and how you talk to the players and, and that. I'm just interested, when you watch a session, um, whether it's Martin working within 21s or it's uh, maybe Anthony in the 15s, what are some of the things you're looking at to sort of assess that session in your own head? Well, I personally watch Terry. <laughs> Great opportunity. No, I do. I th- you know, I think 
for a person that's got a good experience of working with different um, ages, it, you know, it tests you as a coach to sit again, see what practices work and what don't. I think the important thing probably from from seeing him work is the interventions that he applies within the practice. So how he talks to the players, whether it's individually, as a as a unit, um, or, or the questions that he sets to to see whether they can you know work out for themselves. So uh, I think you all go away on courses and you get taught to do it this way. And I think sometimes how you come back and apply yourself is important that you don't just say, well, they've told me to do it this way, I'm going to go and do it this way. It's something you drip feed different things in over over time to see what you know works best for yourself, really. I think the key is, sorry, you're just following Andy. The key for me when, uh, when I look and I watch Andy and I watch the older coaches and still go out and learn from even the the, the, uh, the grassroots coaches, I'll pick something up that he's done and I think oh, I quite like that, is, is do the players understand the objectives of the session? Is the detail that the coach is giving the right detail? It's like Andy says, does he recognise if something's working or needs to be changed? And what's the rapport he's got, the rapport he's got with the, with the players? Um, which is the important thing. Does he use different different styles? Does he use Q&A? Does he use, because I still think, having come up through a command era, when I was told everything that I had to do, uh, that some people just need that. And uh, But is he catering for all the different learning styles of the different players? Because some are visual and need to see it. Some are, need, uh, are audio need to be told. So it, that's important. Is he embracing everything to get the best out of those kids? And what I see, and what I see is good practice. I really do see good practice. And I see now coaches who know when to step in and tweak it and change it. Good practices, and that's got to benefit our kids here. Can't remember a better way to stop, so that's perfect, guys. Thank you very much for your time again. It's always uh, really interesting. Was this live then? Because I this swore was, a couple uh, of times. Just, just a couple of times. Only four times. I didn't realise it was coming out live then. <laughs> Whatever's being said in here, you obviously can't hold the story. Him, <laughs> My name is Matt Crocker. <laughs> this is just Terry's thoughts, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's all worries. Just Terry's thoughts. We're going to put the hard hat on there, it's going to be like that. <laughs>